We're about to do the most important thing we do here at Soul Revival, which is read from God's word. Um, So we're reading from Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, not much, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the, gra- the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Well, uh, good evening, everybody. It's lovely to see you here. Um, But the way I have to start tonight, of course, is to say, Happy New Year. We're going to be saying that. A few times, I think, tonight, and maybe over the next few days. Um, But when the last firework burns out, the last party animal finally falls asleep, what are we going to be left with? Will it truly be a happy new year? Well, we can certainly hope, can we not? We can hope that there'll be something to be happy about. And of course, there will be something. There will be something to be happy about. But of course, there'll be other times of worry and concern. And sadly, uh, there's lots of things to be worried about. War, economic uncertainty, disease, relational complications, the list goes on and on. You see, at one level, worry or anxiety is just, well, it's just an everyday reality. We all experience it. But there's times when that can escalate into something really, really serious and start giving really bad disorders, like uh, physical symptoms of sleeplessness, panic attacks, stress, depression, and the rest. Current surveys are saying that anxiety is impacting our society more and more all the time. And there might be just more than just a few of us that are struggling with anxiety tonight. And friends, if that's you, then I want to remind you right up front that you're not alone. You're not alone. You have a heavenly Father who cares for you deeply and is inviting you into his heavenly kingdom. Well, why don't we pray now that God would help us to understand that great promise and make it alive in our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, heavenly Father, we do pray in our weakness that our eyes can be dull Our minds can be distracted, our hearts can be discouraged, 
Lord, please give us the strength to overcome our weaknesses, to have our spirits lifted and for them to be encouraged. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, starting off, one good piece of news that Lisa we can see from the passage today is that we know that one spirit, at one very simple level, God is aware that we'll suffer from anxiety, that there'll be times when we get worried. Six times in this passage alone, Jesus uses the word worry. And it's not just a matter about um, the mind and the body, it's also a matter for the soul and the inner life. Not just to do with earthly experiences or perception, but rather everything to do with our eternal experience and our perception of God himself. These words that Jesus speaks to us tonight are deeply encouraging, but also deeply comforting, but also deeply challenging. Because Jesus says very simply, you don't have to worry. And he doesn't just throw out that command and then walk away, leaving it for us to work out what that means. He wants to give us two big truths to base our faith upon, and they find it in that passage tonight, two big truths. One is that you do have a heavenly father who deeply cares for you, and life is so much more than just the physical. So we start, have a look at verse 26 here on the screen. Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more much valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Now, while you're reflecting upon that verse, I've got a little poem here for you. Okay, so here's, here's a little poem for you. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. What a lovely little poem, isn't it? It's a bit corny, I know, but lovely nonetheless, because it gets to the heart of the truth that we're talking about here. Here we have two birds sitting on the branch, looking down, looking at all the human beings running about, madly being bent out of shape, desperately trying to guarantee their survival. And there the two birds speculate. Why is it they act like that? Why are they so worried? It could only be one thing. They mustn't have a heavenly father. They don't have one like we do. That's what Jesus is saying. Have you ever seen an anxious bird? A bird in the park ploughing up the field to plant seed so they can harvest it later. Building a barn, destroying its seed for another day. Jesus says, how much more valuable are you to God than the birds? Don't doubt that he'll provide for your every need. And we read on verse 28 here on the screen. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And again, Jesus asks, have you ever seen a poorly dressed flower? And he's not talking about the type of flowers you get in the fancy florist shops where Amanda might be. 
It's actually the stuff that you'll find on the sidewalk or in the field, something that we might call a weed. Even the dandelions are dressed more magnificently than the great King Solomon in all his pomp and splendour. And how much more valuable to God are you than the flowers of the field? Don't doubt that God will provide for all that you need. Jesus says, don't worry. Now, as Jesus is speaking these words, he's speaking to a time where people were really living from hand to mouth. And I imagine there would have been a fair bit to get worried about each day. Are you going to have enough food to eat? Will you have clothes to wear? But today, well, we have food in abundance, as I'm sure we've all experienced over the last week. Food in abundance. Clothing is fine. In just under a minute's walk from here, we can go to three massive supermarkets and buy what we like. So it's got to be something more. We still worry. And I think that's because the deeper issue lying is our inability to control things. That's our problem. We know deep down that we can't 100% guarantee our security and safety, and that worries us. That's a kind of that, now that kind of understand, anxiety. You would think, well, that's understandable for someone who doesn't believe in God. But actually, Christians are in danger of that as well. We can fall into that trap of becoming practical atheists. You ever heard that term before? Practical atheists, saying that you trust in God with words, but living as if you're in control, getting worried about that sort of stuff. Friends, if you're in that position, that's a very insecure place to be. Jesus is saying, the reality is you are not in control, but you have a Heavenly Father that's ready to give you what you need. So trust in Him. Have faith in Him. Trusting God is the opposite of anxiety. If you trust in God as Father, will all the what-ifs of life become even-ifs? I'll explain. What do I mean by that? The anxious life is full of what-ifs. Um, what if I lose my job? What if my standard of living dips? What if I never meet that perfect person? What if I meet that perfect person, but then I lose that perfect person? What if I catch COVID? What if Vladimir Putin decides to drop the bomb? What if, what if, what if? But the trusting life, the life that has faith in God, it's driven by the even if. Even if the worst case scenario happens, I can trust that it's from the hand of my father who loves me and knows what I need. Even if I don't get what I want, I know that I have what I need because I have a Father in heaven who loves me and provides for me. Jesus says you don't need to worry because you have a heavenly Father, okay? That's the first reason he gives. Don't worry because you have a heavenly Father. The second reason is this. Life is more than the physical. Have a look at verse 25 here. I've got it up on the screen. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you'll eat or drink or about your body or what you'll wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Here's a very simple paraphrase of that passage. Life is more than stuff. 
You may have heard of um, J.D. Rockefeller, arguably one of the richest men that ever lived. He was asked the question this, Mr. Rockefeller, Mr. Rockefeller, how much money is enough money? Can you guess his reply? He said, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. The man who had the greatest material provision of almost any human being was still not satisfied. And that's the rub. We need more than just stuff. There's something more we're always going to need. But the tension is that we live in a world that's convinced that there is nothing beyond what the eyes can see. That stuff is all there is. So what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say to a world that's worried because it's obsessed with stuff? Well, he says, turn your eyes to heaven. Have a look at verse 31 here on the screen. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all those things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Why is our society so worried, so full of anxiety? Well, the secularisation of our society has all been about persuading us that there's nothing more to what you can see. What, what you can eat, what you can drink, what you can wear. That's it. Just get on with that and enjoy your life with those things. But as humans, deep down, we have this longing for something more, that stuff's not enough. And the combination of those two things is the perfect recipe for worry. I know I need more, but the world's telling me there is no more. We're in a terrible spot. But Jesus is declaring that the kingdom of God is a heavenly reality that is eternal reality that is really ultimate reality. God's kingdom is the place of security and prosperity. It's the place you can really put your hopes in. A little bit earlier than this passage that we read tonight, in chapter 6, verse 20, Jesus says this about the kingdom. Have a look here on the screen, chapter 6, verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And crucially, of course, heaven is the place where God dwells, where God is king. And one day heaven will come in and break in and take over the earth, and God the king will be fully and finally established as the ruler of all. Jesus is saying there, here, there is an antidote to anxiety, and it's to seek the ultimate reality. Because the world's living for stuff, but if you live, live for stuff, you're always going to be worried. You're always going to be anxious. Rather, seek for something that can't be taken away from you. It's, if you put your hope in things that are unstable, well, of course, you're going to become unstable. If you treasure something that is not stable and lasting, you'll naturally be worried because it might be taken away from you. On the other hand, if you trust in something that's permanent and unchanging, you won't be worried because it can't be taken away from you. That's why Jesus says you need to seek first the kingdom of God. So, in a quiet moment, after the noisy parties, when you think about the year to come, think about what you're hoping for, what you're longing for, 
where your dreams are. And Jesus says this, infuse those realities or perhaps supersede those realities with the reality of the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom and all the other stuff will take care of itself. Now friends, I'm not going to pretend that this message today is all you need to address the issue of anxiety. Um, it's definitely a foundational truth, a mindset that needs to be applied. But if you're suffering with one of the more serious conditions of anxiety, may I suggest some other helpful reading? Now, one such book was actually written by a friend of mine. I've got a picture of it here on the screen. Called When the Noise Won't Stop, It's a Christian Guide to Anxiety by a guy called Paul Grimmond. Paul and I went through college together. He's a good guy. And not only is it a comprehensive um, survey of anxiety in the Bible, Paul actually shares his own struggle that he's had with the condition. So a really helpful book, useful to delve a bit deeper into this whole issue. But friends, coming back to what Jesus says to us tonight, he's saying you need to take comfort because he knows that we will worry. He knows that we'll feel like we have no one to look after us, that we're alone. And that's why he gently reminds us that we do have a Heavenly Father who cares for us deeply, who will look after us. Indeed, his care is so complete that it will go beyond the stuff of today and into the perfection of an eternal kingdom. Why don't we pray, hey? Pray that God will help us to understand these truths, to have them deeply embedded in our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, we confess that we can so easily fall into the trap of saying we believe and yet act out in independence from you. Lord, in our wealth that you've so blessed us with, um, we do pray you'd help us to keep trusting in you and not to worry about stuff. Lord, help us not to be anxious, but to be ready to bring all our requests before you. Lord, help us to be comforted by the reality that we have you as our Heavenly Father who knows what we need even before we ask. And Lord, we pray that you would press into our hearts that powerful reality of the coming of your kingdom. Help us to seek first your kingdom in our daily lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.